Hey guys, Jake the Podcast Guy here, and welcome to Sunday Night Teacher Talk on Teacher Class Off Radio, where CJ Reynolds answers your questions live and in real time. You can participate in the show every Sunday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Real Rapper Reynolds YouTube channel. If you missed the live show, don't worry. Each episode is uploaded the following Monday to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. You can also join our Facebook group to communicate with other educators from around the world. Now, on to the episode. Bam! There it is. Doors open today. It's really nice out. So, uh, is that, is that unsightly? I don't know. Plus, you might see the dog. Who knows? Um, how are you, wife? I'm good. We just got in the house. We went out for uh, to the little farmer's market in the town that I grew up in, which is always nice and kind of surreal to like walk around streets that I used to walk around as a kid with my kids now who are the same age that I was when I was walking around them. So, it's curious. Um... It's Sunday, everybody, and I, you know, I was a part of this really great masterclass yesterday um, with a gentleman named Myron Golden, who was uh, who lived up to his last name. I'm gonna tell you that right now. But he, uh, <laughs> did you like that? that? He totally does. There you go. I like, I like when my dad jokes hit you, girl, because they don't always. Well, I'm pretty used to your. Usually, dad. you just go like this. Recycled a lot of them. You go. You're so dumb. I deadpan you a lot. She just goes. <laughs> You're so done. You and Cho. That's why I love you, too. Um, it's not the only reason. I mean, but um, one of the things he said yesterday was uh, he has this principle called the easy hard principle. So this is Myron Golden, an easy hard principle. He said, what's easy on the front end is hard on the back end. What's hard on the front end is often easy on the back end. So if you think about um things that are easy to fall into right so like uh friends that i knew that like had stress that didn't want to do therapy or or go about it and you know another way um friends that i had that fell into like drug use like heavy like addictive drug use folks that fall into like um just eating like you're just going to eat after school or just drink a lot after school and like look i'm not judging anybody i've had day friday was a day for me came home i'm not gonna say we didn't have a few um, but it is, it's easy. And on the back end, right? Have, have a few, see what happens the next day. See if you feel optimal. Um, you don't. Um, but if you look at things that are hard on the front end, like whether it's going to therapy or working out or eating right, or think about your classroom, right? Like putting in the work in the beginning of the year to make cla- sure that classroom management is a thing that make sure that planning is a thing that make sure that you're building, um, not necessarily balance, but rhythms into your life doing that work setting up a budget um those things are are easier on the back end right you're so a lot of times what i think of and i got this from uh ryan serhant uh which i'm saying like that because he's the million dollar million dollar listing or i don't know one of those realty shows i found him through youtube but uh he says when he does things like when he's working out and he doesn't want to, when he's eating right, and he doesn't want to, when he's saving money and he doesn't want to, he said, I'm doing this for my future self. I want my future self to thank me. And he's like, I think about myself as an 80, 90 year old man and thinking like, thank God you did like the workout, you ate right, you saved the money, you put time into your family because that's all going to be a positive thing on the back end. So, um, and then there's this other idea real quick before I start getting into questions is um, this idea of your lie identity. And this one really hit me too. And I think this might really be be something that's, that's uh, I don't know, maybe life-changing for people. Your lie identity is all the crap that we tell ourselves that we're not good at. All the things that you've been told your whole life, maybe by your admin, maybe by other teachers, maybe by your parents um, or whoever brought you up could even be your friends right that are that are feeding into this lie identity and so instead we forget um what we're capable of who we really are and so we just we we live up to other people's expectations um and look you know for those of you that have like ever done anything amazing in your classroom and someone's giving you like a snarky look or thought like you're doing too much or you're going too hard or why would they even do this so dumb why they even do that um who has time for that must be nice um to be you to be creative to have this extra time when you didn't have any extra time no magical special ability you just put in more work and 
oftentimes we try and we live up to the expectations that others have for us because it makes other people uncomfortable, right? Uh, I think I said this last week, like your angels disturb other people's demons. Um, and so that's something. So anyway, that's what I'm thinking about um, going into this weekend or into this Sunday. That's some big stuff. It is. And then it's I'm going to take stuff. it. It is. I love like those mind-blowing like things. And then you sit with it and it's like, how does that impact your life then? <clears throat> Yeah. Okay. Are you ready for a question? Rock me with your questions, All wife. All right. Logan is coming up next, uh, or first, asking, how do I come to terms with the lack of financial stability that comes with teaching? Any tips? Um, That's a heavy one. Yeah. So I just did um, I just did an episode, Logan, with uh, – so, so Dave, Dave Ramsey um, – love him or hate him it doesn't really matter to me but I, I you know uh what he's doing works and so i think that it's interesting to go hardcore so we we've been doing this thing right so we've been doing like the dave ramsey program but part of that is just getting real clarity around like what do we owe what kind of debt do we have what are ways that we can make money um that are like without selling our soul like how like let's get honest about where we are let's really look at the things and what's there and like ramsey one of the things he talks about is like really just paying off your debt like going hardcore doing whatever that you you can and it's more like a little bit more in depth than that like strategy wise than than i have time to go into here but it is really getting rid of your debt and then seeing what you owe i think that there are other ways for teachers to make money um, without like, so look, I remember the first year I taught and this is going to, this is going to piss some people off because it's probably more money than some of you make at the moment. But my first year of teaching, I made $31,000. I made more money working full time at Home Depot the summer before than I did as an educator that year. And, um, then I didn't get paid all summer. So from June 15th to September 15th, I did not receive a paycheck from school. Oh, the dog's out there. Remember? Um, so the... I had to work four jobs, uh, sometimes five in the summer. So I would tutor, I work Home Depot. Yeah, well, you had two little ones. Um, but like, my point is that um, now that I've gotten older, I don't think that everyone has to start a YouTube channel, but I just try and think about, Logan, like what else could you do? What are you already doing that would help, right? So like if you did something like made resources for Teachers Pay Teachers, made resources and put them on your own website or on your own um, connected them to your own Instagram. Um, you could tutor, you could tutor virtually. Uh, how much are you worth to tutor? If you're damn good at what you do, how much could you charge someone whose kid really needs it? Right. We're not charging kids. We're charging parents. How much do you want your kid to find success? And I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm the best. I'm going to show up. I mean, can you even imagine like the answer to someone's Problem. Yeah, you already have the answer to somebody's problem, right? Like you, you think about it, right? You might not know everything, but you know something. Uh, sorry, my dog's hawking something up over there right now. Um, you don't know everything, but you know something. And do you know more? If you're a third year teacher, do you just know more than a first year teacher? Do you know more than a second year teacher? Um, you know, there's. I just think that that's worth thinking about. Um, because it's really hard to just live off a teacher's salary oftentimes, especially if you're married, especially if you have kids, especially if your kids have like, my wife, like can't work right now, right? Like she has to stay home with our kids. We're homeschooling both kids. They both have like needs that, yeah, that need us, the one of us to be home. Um, so it, it was about like, well, how do I make this happen? But I'll tell you this, Logan, it goes back to this idea that I talked about before with your reticular activating system, which is a part of your brain that notices patterns. So when we bought a RAV4, I don't know, 10 years ago now, something like that, um, never saw a RAV4 in my life. Didn't even know that car. If someone asked me what a RAV4 was and I had a gun to my head, I would, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't make it. Um, so that was a gruesome way to put it. But uh, as if that would ever happen, I, mean, I don't know, Toyota people might be crazy, but um, it is, I had no idea. And then as soon as she got it, I was like, yo, like, did everybody buy the same car the other day? Like, were these on sale or something? Like, they were everywhere. You start looking for opportunity. You start expecting opportunity and start thinking, what do I know? How can I make money? And what's the next step? That, I 
mean, I mean, it's a hard answer because unfortunately, teaching just doesn't pay enough. No, right? it doesn't. Like it's and and so the should you have to have a side hustle and deal with the nope. lack? No, you shouldn't. But I think when it's your calling, like you'll figure it out. And and, and I think it just. I don't know. I hate to say that it works out. I don't want to say that, but I think that I'm a firm believer that God provides, and so I think that there you'd be surprised at like the avenues that open up or come your way. I also want to say there's so many teachers that come into our group and they have to ask questions before they come in, but some of what they always mention is that they're they're coming in as second careers. They have a skill set. They have something that they don't necessarily want to to do as their every day but i just see so many people that are former graphic designers or just just tons of things that are coming into teaching and i yeah. just think can you utilize those skills as a side hustle and even think smaller there are so many people now that we're in the world of like creating a business or entrepreneurship or growing a business there are things that we need that to hire for that i can see that like no, you teachers have skills that fit those needs. So don't just look for big giant companies. Yeah. Like, are there small businesses that you can take your teacher skill? Teachers are amazing and their skills translate into so many ways in the job market. So I think yeah. there's many opportunities. Is it fair that teachers should have to do that? No, but that's like a bigger problem. To no, solve. but that's the calling is the calling is the calling right. kind of thing. So Oh my gosh, um, all that and I didn't Okay, so our next question comes from Summer. She's asking, we are having a meeting at the end of the month, and culture is something that we are talking about. It's horrible. But I can't think of actionable suggestions on how to fix it because I'm overwhelmed. Help. Yeah, so, I mean, summer, culture is everything, uh, really. I mean, look, look, I'll say this. I, I heard this recently from, from a mentor. No, nothing's everything, right? So, like, let's just put that like there's not gonna be a one thing there's no silver bullet that gets us through this through any of this stuff um but nothing's everything right water is important but it's not everything oxygen's important but it's not everything money's important but it's not everything right culture is important but it's not everything but it is important right so how do we create a culture that attracts people that makes people want to be somewhere it starts with leadership it has to it lives and dies with leadership I've been a part of organizations, of churches, of schools where we've tried to grassroots that thing. At the end of the day, if someone shuts you down and you're not allowed to do it because they said so, because some higher up said so, then you're beat. You can't do anything about it. Um, so it really starts with leadership. Now, how do we change leadership? I think that, look, I think teachers are have gotten far too good at, if, if, if this, maybe this didn't ever not exist, but I think human beings do this in general. We get really good at <clears throat> someone, how can I put this nicely? Uh, we'll go with garbage instead of talking about excrement. But like someone puts garbage on your plate and you complain about it, but then we eat it. I don't want to do, I, I, I have all this stuff to do and someone else gave me. So I, I, here's an instance, right? Um, this is not a, a diss. I love this person that I work with. Uh, a friend of mine at school. Over spring break, they decided they were going to wax all the floors in the school. So they go into her classroom. She has, uh, like, a waxable floor. I have carpet in my classroom. She has a waxable floor. Um, they move all of her desks and pile them. These big, giant, like, science tables, right? Pile them up in the corner. They take all of her stuff, her personal belongings, pile them on top of her desk to no rhyme or reason, right? She had no idea this was going to happen. So... There's everything is chaotic. We walk back in from spring break. You're feeling great, man. They, th this person went away. They like went away with someone that they loved, had a great time. Oh man, I had a great time. I'm so pumped to be back at school, blah, blah, blah. I got all these ideas and cre feeling creative and stuff. Then they show up and their room is chaos. So as they, they, and they showed up early to get things ready for the week. So instead they end up having to put everything back, plug the refrigerator, the big giant ass refrigerator back in and, uh, put things where they're supposed to be, unpile these desks, find someone to help them unload these desks. And the principal calls uh, just after eight in the morning and says, hey, we've had an extra call. We're going to need you to go cover some class first period. They hang up the phone and they look at me and I said, there's no way. I would, I, I would literally take a picture of your desk and say, 
hey, look, this is what I came into this morning. It was unexpected. And for me to be able to eat like bare bones teach for the day, I need to have time to be able to do this. And they were like, all right. So they took the picture and then they paused for a second and they were like, no, I'm just going to go do it. And then they went and covered the class. Like, but this happens all the time in education, whether it's little things that wear you down like a little mosquito bite, right? Like the new sign-in policy, the new call-out policy, the new lesson plan policy, the new um, having student work on the wall, which I, I'm fairly certain there is literally no scientific evidence that that helps or, or benefits anybody. Um, it's all of these little micromanaging moments that get put on teachers, but then teachers complain about it in private, but don't do anything in public. So the next time you're in a professional development meeting and someone rolls out a new plan, everyone will complain in the parking lot about it, but no one ever speaks up about it, right? And so I think that in, in my experience anyway, people treat you the way you teach them to treat you. So when I tell my principal, when he tells me every day that I have to sign in in this book, even though I haven't had to sign in for 10 years, to sign into this book so they know I'm there every day, I, I don't do it, right? It's just like, and it's not even a big deal, right? It's like not that big of a deal, but little deals become big deals. It's like this, it's this building over time. Um, there are a number of things I just refuse to do. There are meetings that, and look, I'm not telling you guys to like, just go against the green, like screw it, leave every meeting. I leave every meeting I can tell within five minutes if I need to be there or not. When you start reading off of an, this happened to me last week, I'm in a meeting. They literally sent an email out earlier in the day. I read the email, um, did what I was supposed to do, went to the meeting. The meeting was, all right, hey, listen, here's 10 things we need you guys to do. Um, and they read, they literally read the email. Bro, what, what am I still doing here? So I just pretended I had a phone call from Brody and I went upstairs and did work. Um, so I think that what I'm getting at here, realizing that like not everyone, I'm not telling everyone to just leave meetings and go home or do whatever you want. Um, I think there are a number of things that happen and you know intuitively that look, you're a professional, you're a grown up, and you know how you want to be treated. And it's letting the school know with kindness, not with apathy, not with disgust, not with why I have a question. Why have to sign in that stupid book? Like, like that's not the way to go about it. Um, it is entering into things with, with uh, curiosity, asking curious questions to get to the bottom, to get to the reasoning of something instead of just blaming someone. And then it is letting folks know um, with a straight face. Um, I'm not going to do that. So when I get asked, how, uh, Mr. Reynolds, friendly reminder, make sure you sign into the book. I'm sorry. So first of all, I haven't signed in since September because I don't think it's necessary because I'm a grown up. And if I'm not going to be here, I'm going to text you or let you know. I'm not going to leave in the middle of the day unless I let you know. So like, um, just know that I'm here. Know that I'm here on time. And know that I love my job and I'm here to do everything that I'm supposed to do and 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 beyond. Uh, that's it. Good leadership inspires. That's the bottom line. Inspiration makes you go above and beyond. Bad leadership is compliance. Compliance makes you do just enough to get by, right? So it is changing there, but then it's also, I think some are, you know, if I, I'll, I'll try and make this short. I didn't realize I'm going on a rant, but this is a really important point. It's also surrounding yourself with the right people. Um, it's only surrounding yourself with the right people. I don't bang with anybody at school that is just miserable all the time. If you are just taking all my energy away, like you're an energy mosquito, I don't get down with you ever. Um, I'm trying to hang with people that want things to be, they could be mad. They could have like, I, um, they, they could be aggravated about what's going on, but are we going in the direction of growth? That's what I want to know. Or are we sitting down and going, oh my God, this so much is the worst thing ever. Um, everyone has those moments, but if are you staying there? Why, that's why I'm are you trying to be a settler or a pioneer? That's what I'm trying to do. So I'm trying to pioneer my way through this stuff. So I think that's some of it also. Um, but it's I think it starts with taking things off teachers' plates and um creating a culture is about creating a place where you feel like you can fail, where you feel like you can try, where you feel like you can show up and be happy and loved and supported, and you know someone's gonna have your back no matter what. So it's really like teachers also thinking about some of those questions too. How can we do this for one another? We can't just put it all on admin because they're not always going to come through. How do we do this for one another? And then that starts creating something awesome. What you got?
Sorry, that was a super long answer. <laughs> John Sturgis, Sturgeon is, uh, he was a super chat, and then I feel bad not taking their question and pushing oh. it above everybody else. So I'm putting it uh, forward. John. First of all, thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, he's asking, I, I can't get it on the screen without moving all my comments. I can't see, well, let me just see real quick while you're doing it. I can't always see who does a super chat. The, the chat goes by so fast, and I'm trying to focus. Um, but super chat is like when people like donate money, for those of you that don't know. Uh, but it we is. Don't need to do, but we no. do appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, no, I appreciate it. Um, but it is, but it's a thing where like I, like, afterwards you'll be like, oh, this person gave money this week, and I'm like, oh snap, I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, Thank anyway. you. Anyway, John is asking. I'm applying for a, an ESL job in South Korea, where not, where no students will speak English fluently. Any tips for being an engaging teacher and building connections? So first of all. John, I would say, um, I know there are people in our Facebook group. I know we've had yes. people from South Korea on, and yeah. I know there are other folks that teach in other countries in similar conditions where like you are not from the country. You're not a native speaker. You're not maybe native to that country. And so there's a lot of culture and customs and, and things that you need to learn to navigate. I, I would put that into the Facebook group. Uh, just go right to Real Rap with Reynolds Teacher Talk. Um, can you take uh, that picture? question off the yes. thing dude um so it's if you go right to the facebook group you can find um all that stuff on there so uh the so i i think that it's look culture and custom is always going to change things what i don't think changes is showing up and being excited um, to be wherever you are and trying to make that long term, like doing what you have to do in your own body, your own mind, your in in your space to show up as the best version of yourself is is huge, and also caring. It just it just makes all the difference. Like when kids know you care, right? So this is saying that like no one cares about what you know until they know that you care, and so showing up and really caring. And wanting kids to do well and wanting kids to have the best possible experience and and caring that what you're into, what you're talking about, like um, that just go, it's just everything. So, I, you know, I, when I sit at school and kids complain about certain teachers and we talk through things, um, it's always folks that don't seem like they care. Uh, and, and when you but when you do, when you love the students, when you love what you're doing, when their success is your primary goal, it changes everything. So that's what I would say. It's 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 that simple of, of a jump. It is letting everyone know that you're excited, that you want to be there, that you love this job, and that you care about them. And their success is your primary concern in life, uh, as as regard you know with regards to your job. Um, and then that's it. That's how I would start off. I mean, yeah, yeah, I would find folks that are doing it already, like find people that are oh, in this like situation, who else, like, or... anyone, like, so if you go in the Facebook group and you find someone, hey, yo, I taught in China and this was my experience, I taught in South Africa, I taught in Germany, like, we're at, like, it's going to be different cultures, right, but, but it's like, like, how did you, how do you fast track, look, the bottom line is success leaves clues. So find someone that was successful in what you're doing already and then do that's what this whole thing is, right? This uh, Sundays are success leaves clues. So like those of us that have found success around certain things in um, the education space, why sit there and learn it all yourself, right? It's like if I need a light bulb in my house, I'm not going to go freaking build one. Um, I just find out where the good light bulbs are and then I go buy one. Like it's like go get what's already there find someone that already went through it that already read the book that already did 10 years in, in what you're doing and go ask ask them and so i think that that's that's always my answer look someone even in the facebook group or the, just our the community here is christina she said uh she taught in a korean boarding school in the u.s for four years right bam you know, tons right there's there. your new best friend <laughs> 
All right, so our next question comes from Steph Shook. This is a good one. Okay. She's asking, how do you start to be social again? I need physical friends in my life, but I recently had a panic attack at a friend's baby shower. I hate that I've become this person. Plus, adulting is just hard. <sighs> this is a great question. It's a great question because I think, like, Steph, you're not alone. This is, like, why we started, like, date night. This is why we started, you know, during the week, CJ goes to go see a friend, like, on his own separately. I go go see a friend separately. It's, like, we all realize the importance of, like, friends. Um, I just think this time is so unique. I'm going to say it like this, Steph. All right, so a couple things. One, I was rereading, uh, I don't know why I have to say his whole name, Stephen R. Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People um, this last week. And one of the things that I forgot all about was this idea of, um, if you've never seen this, this is the real super fast version of it. There are two containers, like big, like almost looks like a flower pot, right? But it's clear. And one of it's filled up with gravel, uh, with like, looks like it's in the bottom of a fish tank or something like that. Then he gives you like these handful of rocks that have things written on them so it's like family um it's work it's fun it's vacation it's what he refers to as sharpening the sword like or sharpening the saw so like how are you getting better and better over time and so he asks this this volunteer this woman comes up and she has to put these big rocks in there but the thing's like basically filled all right so you can only get a few of them in there so then they go through this whole experiment and it and all the little gravel is supposed to be like all the 90 gazillion decisions that you have to make in a day, right? The average person makes 30,000 decisions in a day. I think I read that teachers make about 64,000 decisions in a day. Um, so instead, he gives her an empty bucket and she puts all the big ones in first, then pours the small ones in and all of it fits in there, right? It all fits in there together. And he says, even if there was a little bit more gravel on top, who cares? Because this is all the tiny, like, minutia every day that you have to just, like, it's, like, doesn't, it's not make or breaking you. It is about, to me, getting real clear on what you need and then making it a non-negotiable. Um, so date night is a non-negotiable at this point. We have done it every Friday since January. And it was not easy. Like, we have tried to plan dates, tried to make date nights before, and it just gets you know, something comes up, somebody needs something. There's, you know, your stepmom needed you to take her to the vet with the cat. And it was like, nope, let's. Yeah, I said no to that, which was really hard. To yeah, do. but it's because we have to be number one, yeah. right? Um, Especially so the it's, more you do in life, the more you put on your plate, the bigger you are, the fuller your life is. So date night is a non-negotiable. Now, look, sometimes that's in a busy, crowded bar, restaurant or whatever. Sometimes it's somewhere in town that's like small we're the only friggin' people at night i feel like sometimes we go to max's we're the only dudes in there and it's like six waitresses that are just like at our beck and call because it's just like <laughs> do you need anything else we're just standing here um so that was one then on wednesdays we started doing something where uh my wife started hanging out with an old friend my best friend growing up has uh him and his twin brother own a bar in south philly and so every wednesday after school i just roll by the bar i have a drink we just talk about regular stuff. We listen to music. We tell stories. We laugh. It's just, it is no stress. It's just like regular life. I'm not talking about school. I'm just talking about life and fun and happiness and stuff like that. It's so great. And it is that that shift, right? So like I start putting these things in. Next year, when my schedule completely changes, I'm going to do a whole thing about this next year. Um, we might even do a workshop around this. The, all the new stuff. So even right now, Steph, like I have all these like these these routines in my life that help me to get there. So I think it's starting small, but being has to be on the calendar, and you have to start doing it like it's religiously. And so, um, so maybe that's you and your husband every Friday night, like you do something together, like plan ahead, like you get a babysitter or. You know, even if you sit out back of your house and the kids are not, no one's allowed to bother us. This is hour, hour and a half, two hours that we have outside and we get drinks, we get a little food, we sit in lawn chairs or whatever, like, and that's just your time, right? Like, it doesn't matter what it is. It's just carving out the time to do it. It doesn't even, I think it, it like, I know why, because I've chatted with Steph a bunch, like her husband travels. It's really hard for her to do it. that. Like she, she can't necessarily put it on the routine schedule like that. But Steph, you can do that in a really small way for yourself 
during the week without your husband and then just you know there's like other solutions you just have to figure out what it is for you that fits your life and, and even if it's hard anybody. right yeah. like even if it's hard in the beginning it's like around every month yeah different like day, stuff what if you had like month. you know i don't know what your babysitting situation is like we never had babysitters but like um you just give your kids some benadryl and you can go no i'm just playing uh so uh no but that's when things well, like was, sitting in the backyard you didn't even laugh at that i thought oh, it was funny sorry. it was really inappropriate so i was hoping that you would laugh at it and that would like relieve my tension <laughs> um but just like if you go to the movies by yourself, go get ice cream by yourself. Be your own best friend for a minute. Yeah, and then, but I know what you're saying. It's, it's, it's the friends, friend time. But, and I think to overcome that anxiety, and I will say that um, we have a lot of that going on in our house as well here, what, what you're describing. And so I would say my advice when that comes up in our home is we do, you just still have to do it, right? The only way to get over it is exposure therapy. So it's like literally just making yourself go do the outing. But make it really small, make it really tiny, make it a step that you can handle, like, in any way. And I feel you, because I deal with, like, tons of social... I went to... I don't know, we went to something, and I, like, had a, a panic attack, like, in the corner by myself. Like, you know, with CJ noticing and trying to, like, help. But, like, yeah, it's hard um, when we go from isolating for so long to now being out and about. It's just been a hard... Get, I think it gets easier. And, the more you do it. You just and do it. you know what else gets easier... I keep doing this thing. It drives her crazy. But um, I DM people during the week that I've just wanted to hang out with. Some of these people I've never really hung out with in my life. And I go, hey, we're going out for uh, drinks and apps on Friday. Do you want to come with us? And she's like, you asked that? Like, <laughs> like, babe, we barely know. Yeah, I know. I don't care. I just like I want to hang out with them. They seem like great people and they bring, have great energy and that's who I want to be with. Um, I just like that's one of the great things that like that's like a superpower that i have um is that i don't care and uh with a lot of things there are some things i care enormously about but like it is no look i I think uh i think ian and lauren would be great to hang out with let's let's call them i think uh you know friends that we hung out with this friday we haven't seen them in 10 years man and um it was like so fun and so great and we were like oh no now we have friends like this like you're like, now we're going to hang out with you going forward. So find someone that you like. Make a very small date. Hey, want to grab coffee with me? I'm Here's what I go. I go, I'm trying this experiment. And I'm trying to hang out with good people once a week. Would you be interested in getting coffee with me? Um, and then there it is. And coffee is like, there's no, there's, the commitment level so low. Because it's not like going out for a meal with one another or anything. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, okay, our next question. Short question, long answer. I know, right? Goodness gracious. That's um, my new theme song. Let me speed it up. Let's our next do question it. comes from Linda saying, Hi, CJ and everyone. I can tell my students are high during class, but I have never caught them smoking. How do? How would you approach this with parents, admin, and other teachers are aware? I'm worried. I would go to your school social worker or counselor and tell the administration that you suspect that something is going on with students. Um this is a whole thing in our school where kids are coming in like completely stoned out of their mind. And then I use this screensaver on the back of my counter on the board, which looks like uh, jellyfish floating around gently. And this is how I caught everyone because everyone comes <laughs> in, really everyone comes in the story. class and they're like, <laughs> it's like, bro, can you do work? I'm sorry. What's up, Reynolds? How are you? Yeah. All right, bro. All right. Um, that's, that's what I would do. You can't catch kids. It's like, and kids are going to do what kids are going to do. Um, I just make it harder for them to do, right? Like, I know that, like, you need to show up to school with a clear mind. Um, and look, there might be other stuff going on there, too. Like, what, one of the things, I actually didn't tell you this, that I was talking to my therapist about this morning was, um, he said that young people right now, after going through the pandemic, um, the current political landscape, like, there's so much going on. He said, it is more trauma in the last two years than many people deal with not not, look not everybody we're not talking about the holocaust here or something like that right but like no but it's worth noting right it needs to be it's more trauma than most people deal with in the first hundred years of their life so but because things seem like they're kind of normal again right we are discounting the the steph shook like there's so many people that are, have anxiety going back out in public again because they don't realize their strings attached. They don't realize that they've been traumatized. So now they're showing up and they think it's back to normal. But is it? Because you sneezed. 
And now I never freaked out when someone sneezed before. But when like how when you when you sneeze in public, and I'm always no, like, I have such terrible allergies, so I'm constantly can't coughing during my throat sneezing, and I'm like, they're gonna kick us it out. It makes me anxious if I'm around people and I have to do that. Yeah. I feel awful for them, right? That they're feeling away. And, and even if you don't care if you sneeze, even if you're not, you could be an anti-vaxxer and be like, I don't care if I sneeze or cough. Um, you, there's still you thought about it though. You're still thinking about it, yeah. right? So there's all these strings attached. Um, so kids might be self-medicating. You don't really know what's going on. So I would go tell someone and be like, look, my man might need some help over here. This, this young woman might need some help over here because they are struggling. They're showing up. You know, I suspect something's going, they seem not right. I'm not going to say they're high. I don't really know. I look, I, I never did drugs growing up. It's really hard for me to, I have like zero radar. I just thought they looked tired. Um, and so that's what I would do. School social worker, council worker, uh, principal, vice principal, just tell someone. Would you approach um, parents? I would, no, I would go to school admin first. Um, cause but she says they're aware. So what if they do nothing? What if, what if your admin said we're aware? Okay. And then that's all they leave it. Like yeah. as you, as the educator, you're still concerned for your student. Like I what think do you have if, if I was going to student or the, the parent, no, I, if I was going to tell parents, I would say something seems off. I'm not sure what it is. I've let the principal know. I'm not sure if they talked to you or whatever, but like, something just seems off they seem like in a daze when they come in so you're not saying like yo yo because you don't know right they right. could be on some allergy medication or, or add medication like symptoms of yeah what you're and even if you know they're stoned right it's like you can't come at a parent like that yeah you just say i'm just i'm i'm just calling i'm a little bit concerned they seem a little bit out of sorts i'm not sure if they're not getting enough sleep whatever it is i just wanted to put it on your radar mm-hmm. right you could talk to them about it just this is what i'm seeing when they come into school and i know this is what i tell parents all the time I know as a parent, I'd want to know this. Like, I don't have an answer for you. I don't have a conclusion. It's just something I'm noticing. I wanted to put on your radar, right? And then that, and then you leave it at that. Someone, someone said, what if they reek like pot? It happens all the time. Um, they, I mean, then it's maybe not a bad idea. Sometimes I send kids to the nurse. Because, mm. um, look, is my, is my concern that kids are smoking pot? Like, there is some concern there. Um yeah, but they're undeveloped and they're not dealing with whatever yeah that's the the bigger picture is are you self-medicating because you're depressed because you're anxious because you're lonely because your life sucks like and those all need action and then help. that becomes that is like you know i don't want, even want to say pot's the gateway drug but that can get the ball rolling it's a slippery slope right yeah, so like if you're self-medicating now sure. yeah right and also what we're doing is god like this stuff's important man this is like this stuff's really important and so like this is going to help you, so let me help you. But if you show up and you're out of your mind, like you can't, you can one show up to the gym stoned. I don't, I don't think. I don't. Know. Maybe they do. Maybe people do. I have no idea. Yeah, Joe Rogan. I don't have enough experience. Bad example, I guess. Okay, you ready for your next question? Or just come. Never mind. I was going to be out of pocket. <laughs> don't be out of pocket. All right, our next question comes from piano. My buddy. Hi Reynolds, how are you and what are you currently teaching in your class? What are some things you do in May to conclude the school year? Right now we're doing, um, we have the wackiest schedule right now. Our admin does this kind of thing where last week they go, uh, hey, next week's, uh, next week, by the way, I know you already handed in your lesson plans. Uh, Monday's half a day, Friday's half a day. And we are taking the kids on a trip on Friday and the school is, I'm not. Um, and we are having college week next week. We're not really sure what that's going to look like, but you're going to lose some class. Bro, what? Like, I'm trying to plan my week. Um, and I and I, and I I can't because you don't even know what you're doing next week. So it's, um, we're reading Lord of the Flies. I chose to read it as a play instead. Just find the play on Amazon. Um, and then that does a couple of things. It allows me to have more than one kid read at a time. It allows, it's a heck of a lot shorter than it is when we read it as a book. Um, so we get to move through it faster because I'm not sure how much time I even have left in the school year because they keep changing when we have finals and all this other stuff. Um, so that's what we're doing. It's a lot of trying to get outside. So any classroom activity that I've had in the last one to two weeks, as long as it's decent, like above... 55, look, you know, I'm sure there's some Minnesota people out there like 55 is basically short weather, but um, here in New Jersey and Philadelphia, it is not. Um, but as long as it's pretty nice outside, I take the kids outside and we do like really brief activities out there. And uh, yeah, so that's constantly, like currently what we're working on. 
Um, stuff that I do in May, something I'm going to do this week. So it's teacher appreciation week this upcoming week. And I'm going to take this idea. I had this woman, Miss Lewis, I worked with for the last 11 years until she, uh, she quit, uh, earlier in the year. Um, and she used to have the kids, she would give them a template and have the kids write letters of appreciation to different teachers or staff members in the building. And like, so who do you love? Who's, who's helped you out this year? Who do you, who helps you get through the day? Who's like not the worst teacher that you have and then just write them something. And so we're going to work on that this week too, of writing letters of appreciation to different staff members. Um, and then there's nothing else I really do to conclude the year. I work, we work till the last day of school. Like there's no days off. There's, I don't just do anything that's fun. That's just kind of who I am. Um, and then at graduation, I hand back letters that kids wrote to themselves as freshmen. So, yeah, I'm not good at winding things down. You just end. I just, we're just done. And you just start. And then I just go home at the end mm-hmm. of the year. Um, oh, is your phone? I just got ripped the Band-Aid off. Uh, you know, I think I've had to say goodbye too many times in my life or something. I don't know. So many teachers do so many closing activities. Yeah, but it's I great. Think, like I think it's said, awesome. It's hard to plan, though, when your school, like, moves everything around. There's yeah. no consistency this year. And I'll tell you what, man. When you're not feeling it, like, when you're feeling like, like – you're dragging ass at the end of the year it's hard to be like oh, yeah. um yeah i guess you don't always have to feel pressure to do yeah. all that stuff it kind of feels like you're half drunk and you're trying to come up with a lesson plan <laughs> okay that's a great analogy yeah. all right um our next question is from dominique asking hey cj i am moving to a new state and, an, and i'm updating my resume i've been teaching 10 years and i've had three teaching jobs do i still need to include all three uh, I, I mean, I, that's a good question. First of all, that's a great profile picture. Um, I, I love when, like, I always comment on this. I just like when people have, like, nice pictures. It's, it's like, cool. I just like it. Um, so I that's a great question. So I haven't applied for a job in so long. But I'll tell you this. I do. I Until this year, I've been a part of the hiring process a lot with teachers. And I think my experience like no look someone else might be able to give you an actual professional experience if anyone knows in in the comment section please let dominique know like what your answer is when i look at someone's resume what i'm looking for is not names not necessarily even years um it's what's your story what has your story been and so what does the story tell that for me it was like didn't start teaching until i was 27 what's the story there then I taught in Camden, New Jersey for five years. That's a whole story. Taught in Philly for the last 11 years at the same school. Started a business five, six years ago, um, six years ago. Um, so it's like, you know, it, your progression, your growth is what is the story behind all of this? Um, that's what, and, and what, what are you bringing? You know, I, I really think, Dominique, that your whole life has been cross-training for what you're about to do next. And so that's everything. That's having kids, where you grew up, how you grew up, where you went to school, what your experience was growing up, what your experience was in school, all these other jobs that you've had before. Like, what is that like? So I'll tell you what, I think in in many, many ways, working at Home Depot for over a decade that I did, I worked at Home Depot since 2001. Um until about a little like maybe 2011 something like that um nights and weekends uh and summers i learned more about dealing with parents there than i ever did in college it was cross training right it was like dealing with angry customers dealing with people that run in the store right before it's about to close dealing with people when there's only one person in a department and you have 10 customers that are waiting in line for you being able to like to to navigate that um was difficult but then when I have an angry parent now, it's like, oh, I can like just like, you know, someone I worked with at Home Depot. So it's it, it's all that cross training. So that that's my take on it. I'm not really sure like what looks the most professional. Um, yeah, I feel like the last time I needed to do something with my resume, Edie did it for me anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. My assistant just I was like, Edie, here's all the information. Can you dial this in for me? And she was like, she loves that. So she's got all giddy. Oh, yes. Ooh. So uh, seriously, though, if you don't have someone like that, you can just hire people like that do that. that yeah. Take all your information. If that's not your strong suit. Just like, have Dominique said it. Um, yeah. 
Okay, she so get all stoked. our next question is coming from Libby. Um, is she's asking, what if my teaching philosophies do not align with my placement teachers in student teaching? Should I try to teach the way they would while I'm in their classroom or embrace my own teaching style? Oh, love this question. Um, so, gosh, I hashtag blessed. I was so blessed to get someone that, like, I really – he saw my strengths, he saw my weaknesses, and we were able to really align ourselves, and it was wonderful. So what do you do when you don't do that? Libby, I'm going to say that you might get a job. I'm going to answer that question, but if when you get a job somewhere, the school might have certain ideals, values, and procedures that you don't do. Maybe you go full Reynolds and you just don't do them, but that's not a, that's not a, that's not a choice for a lot of people. So how do you have to navigate that? I think it's trying to find... A commonality right it's like you're not you're not a solo artist you are you're part of a band and so it's it's doing some of that stuff some of it though could be a good learning curve for you too because there, there are things that I thought initially um that I hated that teachers did I it was like oh what are you doing that for and then like down the line I'm like oh this this makes sense right so like sitting in rows right like I was never a row I'm like no this is so dumb it's like you're just trying to be compliant comply to the man and we're gonna make you into factory workers then I found out it's actually really easy when you have people alphabetized and then you can hand papers back easier and like move down up and down the aisles it's just easier now look do we do aisles all the time no we break into circles and small groups constantly um but almost every class starts as rows um Things like I used to think it was so dumb when people to get the over like to get the attention of their class uh, would count down from like five, four, three, and you're just I would sit in the back of like oh my gosh this is so dumb are they dogs? But it works. I do it all the time now, constantly. Gentlemen, I need you you're right, but I don't even give them five. I go yo, I need you on me in three, two, awesome. Thank you very much. Um, and then I roll into it. So I think that there are things we can learn from folks uh i wouldn't throw like their ideas out too fast and then trying to figure out how to implement yours and then it's getting to know that person too so whoever your teacher is that you've been placed with um getting to know them getting to know their story getting asking questions like i'm curious why you do it this way why do you do lessons this way why do you um engage with students this way reprimand students this way give uh love or or detentions out in this way like it's about going into it with curiosity and then saying i was thinking i would love to try and do something like this um and then you're implementing who you are uh and my hope is that look i sometimes placement teachers just should never ever be a placement teacher like you might like student teach with someone and it's like why are you even is this for the stipend is this because you got fifteen hundred dollars stipend to do this with like what a nightmare um but I think that that's a, that, but I, I would go into it with curiosity and, and asking them a lot of questions as to why they do things and then telling them what you're kind of dreaming of doing. And then look, the bottom line is it might, it's, it's only for a certain amount of time. You ride it out, you learn maybe a whole lot of what not to do, and then you move on to, to a school and do things your way. All right, our next <coughs> question comes from Matt. Asking, I'm teaching a poetry unit and having a tough time getting majority of the students interested in poetry. Do you have any suggestions? As a matter of fact, um, this is my favorite book for teaching poetry, right? Learn, then burn, a teacher's guide and workbook companion. So you buy this one and uh, you have to buy, I don't have it back here. There's a poetry book that goes with this. These are all, I call it poetry for kids that don't like poetry. And so it gives you like the whole lesson. So it's like, Here's how you can do it. Here's your do now. Here's your pre-reading questions, your after-reading questions, your writing prompts, an illustration that you're going to draw, discussion questions, and then it gives like a worksheet or a group activity on this side. And it's fantastic. It's made by my a friend, Derek Brown, and Derek has a publishing company called Write Bloody. And um, this is a great starter for getting kids to do poetry because most kids just think about like, it's Walt Whitman, it's... E.E. E. Cummings, it's a bunch of stuff that they're like, wait, what? What, Edgar Allan Poe? What are we doing right now? <laughs> Robert Frost again, two roads diverged in the wood. Um, but it is trying to breathe some life into that and doing stuff that, like, they, they never heard any of this poetry before, probably. Um, 
also have a playlist on YouTube. If you go on to Girl Rap with Reynolds YouTube channel, you have a playlist, I think, for poetry. Yeah. That you correlate with all Yeah, that like when I teach, teach poetry, I teach, I use these videos and teach this stuff also. That's a good place to start. Good work, wife. You're welcome. Team. Um, all right, our next question comes from Jacob is asking, I have some students who know they can skip certain assignments and still pass for the year. Any tips on handling those students? Um, yes, we love Dave Ramsey, by the way. Follow him. We are now debt free. Get it, Jacob. Jacob get we're it. so close. Uh, I know, man. It's magical. We'll it's so magical. Soon. Well, sort of, except for, you know, student loans, but we'll work that out too. Um, one down, one to go. I know, I know. Ooh. Hashtag blessed. Uh, so, the, that just makes me think of the new girl every, every <laughs> time. Um, you know, I'll say this, Jacob. One, there's a part of me that is like, when kids figure out the game, you figured out the game. Like, Score. you figured out the game. You figured out what you have to do to get by. And there's a part of me that is just like, all right, bro. Like, my dudes figured out that you can, that all their grades, all year, you could get a 12. We bump you to a 50. Um, if you're a special education student, you have an IEP. We don't care if you if we comply with your IEP or not. You get a 60. You passed automatic pass so my guys that are getting 50s right they got a 12 all year they got 50 they realize that all they need to do is get a 90 if you got a 91 quarter now you pass with a 60 for the year and you are good to go which means for if you got a 90 first quarter you can literally do nothing nothing for the rest of the year and you're going to get bumped to a 50 and then you just pass for the year right so you figure out the game. I don't know. I think there's there's something to that. Now, look, we did this. I'm going to put this all on my, on my co-teacher. I have this co-teacher. I should talk more about her. She's really – she is my favorite co-teacher that I've ever had from top to bottom. There are other people that I've had that I've loved for certain parts. But as a unit, we work so good together. Um, so, Miss C, uh, she – we were helping kids figure out what do you need to get to pass for the year. And kids were like, what? All I need is a 43 and all I need is like a 13 because um, I've been crushing it all year. But And then I'll pass the year with a 60. And she, so she made the kids calculate. She goes, we're not stopping there. We're going to calculate what you need to get a C for the year, a B for the year, and an A for the year. And then A's, I want to know if you're getting first honors or second honors. How, what do you need to do to get first honors? So what we're what she's teaching kids in that moment, I loved this so much, was we're not, like when you try and figure out what you need to do to get by in your whole life, like that just, your life sucks, right? So like, I'll date this person and they're, they're good enough. You know what I mean? Like I'm making enough money. Like I, I, I cover my bases. Um, when you do anything just enough, Oh my God, that's the most boring life I could ever imagine, man. Your idols, the people you look up to, no one's doing just enough, right? They're getting after it, right? They are full tilt, pot committed, everything that they can to do the thing. And that's a better conversation to have with students. Like, but you could figure out like what you wanted, like that you could get around from not doing this stuff and just pass. But is that what you want to do? Do you want to date? Like, so when I, my boys are like, constantly talking about like dating girls and stuff like that um so they will i'm like what if you like what if someone was just like all right you know like what if you dated someone just all right what if you were on the basketball you made it but you're just like just made enough points no or do you want to dominate and really get after it like so i think it's that it's that shift of the paradigm of like what is the goal here? Is the goal to pass or is the goal to kick ass? That's all I'm talking about. That's all I want to know right now. And look, my job's not to talk to you into being an ass kicker, right? Like you either show up wanting to be an ass kicker and I try and make that look so attractive that it makes you, you know, it's the old, like uh, I'm always saying in presentations that you can lead a horse to water and you can't make it drink, but you can make it thirsty, right? So um, it, what are you doing that's attracting? It makes this look like fun. It makes it look a way more fun option. You want to go to a party that's okay? Or you want to go to a party that kicks ass? That's what I'm talking about. So I, it's that conversation to see, like, do you want your life to kick ass? If you do, then every, how you do anything is how you do everything. So how you're doing this worksheet right now is how you can do everything in your life. Um, and it's getting that mindset around it. All right. Um, 
have two parter. Stephanie Shook is back again as King. Uh, we had a leadership team meeting Friday. One was talking about getting rewards for kids who pass advance on the EOI test. End of year. Um, I was literally the only person who disagreed. It should be based on growth. High flyers get all the acknowledgement. The lower kids need it more. By the way, these would be my kids. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. Um, I think that uh, we put too much emphasis on grades as they as they connect with like are you an a student b student c student d student and not on growth um so i have kids that like they're just not going to be an a student it's just not in the cards for them not yet um doesn't mean they can't have the most amazing dynamic incredible life ever uh doesn't mean that they aren't smart it just means that schools for like is made for a certain type of student oftentimes and so like what are, what are you doing? Um, how are you being better? Can we, how can we measure growth in different ways for students? So like, um, it's, I, I just think that you're a hundred percent right. Like, look, should kids get acknowledged for doing well on the test? Sure. Cause that's how, but that's how some kids are. That's how they show that they're good at something, but there needs to, there need to be other markers, other rewards, other a celebration around other students. And, um, that are, positive influences in a hundred other ways too all right um it's only angel sorry reynolds popping in to let you know i got hired for high school social studies in the bronx nice perfect position thank you for the advice any tips fitting into the school community your first year uh so that's awesome um and i would say it's about learn look i don't know i forget where you're from but like, if you're not from the Bronx, right? It's learning the Bronx, it's in, and it's learning the part of the Bronx that you're teaching in, as is like a little micro community there, right? Um, it's getting to know people. It's asking tons of questions. What's in? What's important? What are the values of the community? What are the values of the school? What are the things that we? What What are the the principles here? What What are, What's the culture like? How are we building culture? What are we doing to uplift students? So it's asking a lot of questions. And then with being fully minded, mindful of like what you are good at as an individual and then starting to look for places where you can make things better. How are you adding to what's going on? What is the value add for you being a part of that school? And so you're, but the only way you do that is not just by going in and doing your thing. It's by getting to know people. It's, it's going out with folks and asking more questions and you're giving answers to, um, to really get a clear vision that's also going to allow you to align yourself with the right people. So you can see who like hates kids, who's a curmudgeon, who's like miserable. And you're like, Oh, all right. Note to self. Don't hang out with Larry. Um, but you just start hanging out with folks that are like life giving and excited and getting after it. Um, I think that that's, that's how I would start off. But look, the best of advice or, uh, best of luck to you. Um, if like, yeah, I just, it makes me think of, uh, Vivette. That's what she taught up there mm. in the Bronx. Are you ready for another question? Do it. All right. Our next question. I've gotten to the point where I use rubrics for almost every assignment, but how to start? Uh, how do I start to use them to track student data on learning specific skills and standards? That's a great question. Um, so I think that there's this big push towards using, towards uh, gathering data. Um, but using data is a whole nother game. Um, I, you know, this is a, I'm, I, I've a couple things here. One, I'm curious as to what the, what everyone else is thinking about this. Like how have folks used, like you gather data, you're using rubrics. I love using rubrics. I think it simplifies everything. It makes things really clear for the kids and it helps them to grow. Um, and I use, I make rubrics that I use in my own life, right? Like that I, track my own data on on a daily basis um so but i'm curious i think it's getting really clear first um on what are you trying to track and where do you like so what what is important for you to track where are kids where do you want them to be and then it's simplifying that process my brain doesn't always work like that but i see the value it is incredibly valuable um, so when I use daily trackers for myself, 
I just I steal them from other people. I don't know how the hell I like brain like like when we even make things like for our budget and our finances and stuff. It's like it starts to hurt my brain. Um, okay. So it's finding someone else that's doing it. I would potentially look and connect with someone in your school because look, I think this Jaeger like um, or is Jaeger Jagger? I'm not sure. I'm blaming my dyslexia on that one. Um, it is maybe connecting with the people in your department and seeing how you all could do this together so kids could potentially track themselves over time, so over the the totality of their high school career. Um, and I'm always curious, like, I think it would be amazing to see, like, well, when are kids doing better, right? Like, is it during basketball season when you have to have good grades and then after basketball season your grades drop off until we start baseball season and your grades come back up? Like, what is the trend here for students? Um, what are their strengths? What are the where they need help or their weaknesses? Um, but I think that that is like a for your school specifically, for your students specifically, like what are the values? What is important to you all? Um, what could you track and how could you track it? I think that would be a really great school wide thing, or and at the very least, a department wide thing to help you grow that um, over time. But I would ask, that's another good one for the Facebook group too. I feel like there's got to be, there's going to be some number cruncher in there. Like we have friends that just whip that stuff up. Like Caleb whips up like rubrics and does that kind of thing like so well and well, so is fast. Is able to take the data from the rubrics and apply it? Yes. Is that what but Yonk could is? do that too when I worked with is Yonkers. That what, like just breaking it down into small steps and scaffolding it to like get them to the, the goal? Is that what that means? Uh, I'm. Maybe, but it's also you, the reason you track. Part of the reason I think you track data is so that kids can see their growth over time, um, and they can see the movement. So that this is all just for nothing. Like, but you're actually seeing like how many words per minute. What are my what What are my scores on like a comprehension yeah, I find test? Like, be super valuable, especially as an IEP mom. Like, yeah. I was always begging for data. We did no. Um, like CBMs in the classroom yeah. to like track his data and progress, which drove me insane. Because we don't teach teachers to do it. No, or well, we teach them that they we're going to take. Just told me that the data tracker was the teacher's opinion for my IEP. I was like, ah, uh, that's not a smart Yeah, goal. no, <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, okay. That and it matters, um, but it's not. It like where's where you what are you backing it up with? Yeah, of course, a teacher's opinion it matters. No, yeah. that's a scapegoat for an IEP. Yeah. we don't even have to go there. Um. Do you want another question? Do one more. Or? I'm so okay. tired this We're afternoon. With, but next up on the docket is Trish, and she's always dropping bombs. Oh. Like right at the end, she's got this. Here we go. <laughs> Here's some. Trish, she's always got really, and she even says, kind of controversial question. Got it. Um, Asking, do you think we've reached the end of compulsory, compulsory, what is that word? Say it compulsory. Thank you. Education. Many YouTube videos about why teachers quit highlight common intractable problems. Um, just curious about your thoughts on the state of public education now. Um, I don't think we are at the end of compulsory education. However, um, I think it's going to get more and more homogenized over time. We are going, teachers are becoming more like uh, cogs in a machine than they are like professionals and actually good at their jobs. So I think how do we do that is we're going to, we, I see my school doing it now. My school next year is moving into, um, it's textbooks. It's I'm telling, I can already see it and they're denying it, but it's, it's going to be textbooks. It's going to be scripted curriculum. It's going to be say this when I say this, and here's the questions you're going to asking. It's like, it's no freedom. It's no autonomy. It's no knowing your class and giving them what they need instead of what the school thinks that they need. That our school is even hiring a third party to come up with the scope and sequence for next year. Um, and not only does the admin not know our students, the third party doesn't know our students either. So we are a college prep school, but I have kids that are in kindergarten and second grade reading level. So you're making a scope and sequence for who? Ninth graders that already know how to read and are a ninth grade reading level? Like, um, not going to work. Like, everyone's going to fail. So, uh, and they just keep using words like, but the book is, is full of rigor. It's academically rigorous. And it's like, what does that mean? Rigorous is different for everybody. There's no like blanket term of like, this is what rigor means. It's like, like if I take Marley, Marley's been going to the gym with me. Um, I wouldn't make Marley bench press as much as I bench press. 
Like, that doesn't even, it's, I can't call that rigorous. It's like, no, give her something that's hard for her and then watch her scale over time. So, um, yeah, I think that, because they think that's the, that's the, that's the problem. So what we're doing is we're turning, we are taking education that could be like a really great restaurant um, where we have chefs come in, they're trying stuff and they're, they're doing cool stuff and the servers are doing cool stuff. And like, we're, we make it this whole experience. It's magical. It's delicious. It's amazing. And we're turning everything into to IHOP. It's like where there's no real cooks. It's just like people that warm things up and like, it's so systematic or like McDonald's where it's like so systematic that it's like, you're not a, you don't flip burgers at, at, at McDonald's and call yourself a chef. Um, you are, it's it, it, that's what we're moving into, um, and even the leaders. I think a lot of leaders in education are becoming more like managers, um, and so yeah. So I I think eventually what happens, and this actually got put onto me when I was talking to um, uh, Gary Vaynerchuk a few years ago, and so he said that he thinks education's moving to a place where like parents that really can afford it and really want the education for their kids, they're going to start hiring teachers on their own. Um, homeschooling, and then they will hire the teachers that they want well, look, to teach their kids. Like that, there's one right, you know, that I yeah. like actually kind of looking into for for our daughter. And then um, it, that becomes a true game of the haves and have-nots right there. So I, I know that's I a whole other thing. So awesome for those kids that can afford it, and sucks for everybody else. But yeah, um, it makes my stomach hurt. Like really thinking about that. Like that's part of what hurts me. Like they're pulling our son out of public education and stopping the fight, although the fight was so arduous. It like literally the fight was not good for my own physical and mental health. Yeah. Like, to continue that fight with a with a, a terrible district, but it, it hurt my heart to literally pull my kid out and to not be fighting like anymore. It feels like Yeah. There's lots of kids that are still struggling there. Yeah. Yeah, that's hard. For sure. Listen, here's the game of the week. Um me and Brody have been doing this thing. We did it yesterday. Uh, we had a conversation. We went out to the hell we go yesterday all together. Oh, some kind of like spring festival or something like that. And we were trying to out love one another. So I, we are the, the challenge was I'm going to love more people than you are right now. Um, whose day can I make better? And I'm telling you the power in doing that of just showing up to school and trying to make someone's day a little tiny bit better. Another colleague, uh, a student, a parent, whatever it is. Um, it just it gives me energy all the time. So look, but the but the bottom line is you can only give what you got. So this week, today, pour into yourself. What things make you a better person? Read the book, listen to the podcast, take the walk, go in the garden, walk around in some grass with, with no shoes on, like play with your dog, like do something that's gonna fill you up um, so that you can be that that joy for someone uh, tomorrow. And so anything else, dude? Cool. Look, uh, real reminder, real quick. Look, if you want this, this stuff is all on um, podcasts too. So, like, if you're driving to school, you can go right to anywhere that podcast happened. And Jake, the podcast guy, our guy that helps us out, <clears throat> puts this stuff up every single week. And then um, this June, end of June, I'm going to be at Get Your Teach On uh, down in Orlando, Florida. So, if you're around, uh, come say hello. I would really love to meet anybody. Um, and I get to be there with like all these ridiculously good teachers i'm like some of these people i know from like um from afar but i've never met them before and so i'm really looking forward to like meeting a lot of these folks so yeah if you're around i would love to meet you um and if not i hope that you have uh just have a good have a great week anyway i just hope that it's the best that's it gang i thank you all for being here and that's it dude right peace <laughs>